Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, editor of EHS Daily Advisor. As part of Safety Culture Week, I talked to Marianne Hoff, Senior Risk Control Manager at Safety National, about the state of safety culture. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Marianne Hoff, Senior Risk Control Manager for Safety National, and we're talking about safety culture. But um, So welcome to the show, Marianne. Thank you. Happy to be here. Great. And wanted to start off by having me tell you a little Tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do with Safety National. All right. Um, Well, as you mentioned, I'm a senior risk control manager here at Safety National. And um, what that means is I work with our clients here to make sure that they are um, aware of the services and resources that Safety National has to support their risk control programs, their their risk management programs um, as it comes to um, you know, whether it's uh, our resources around safety training, uh, resources uh, that help them with developing their programs or um, really taking a look at some of their exposures and identifying um, the right controls. Um, I've been doing this for about 15 years now, oh, actually a little more than that, uh, but um, it's something that I'm very passionate about. Um, my background is in chemical engineering um, by way of school um, and a degree in environmental health and safety um, from grad school. But I've worked on the carrier side um, for insurance carriers my entire career and have had the wonderful opportunity of getting to know so many different businesses, so many different organizations, each with their own unique culture and uh, experience. So it's been um, a really great career so far, and I'm, I'm really excited about the, the future of um, safety and health and risk control and um, where we're heading. Great. Well, with that in mind, um, you know, you obviously, have, you know, like, like you said, talked to a lot of companies and seen sort of how they work. Uh, what's your take on the current state of safety culture uh, in the U.S.? Um, I think that, you know, especially with what we've gone through, and I know we'll probably get into that a little bit, but um, this is definitely a point where everybody's safety culture is showing, you know, um, how organizations approach uh, safety and risk management with their um, employees is something that we all are now getting that front page view to. Um, Employees have, you know, long kind of had the culture of their organization be just a part of how they work. But when things get stressed, it's kind of that's when you you get to see um, what what's really there, what's really underneath it, how um, management is, how committed management is to safety, um, the level of communication with employees. Um, and so I think right now people are really getting a chance to see how strong their safety culture is or um, you know, what opportunities there were to um, enhance their safety culture uh, because of the challenges that we're all facing due to the things that's been going on. And I guess, you know, speaking to that COVID-19, how has the pandemic complicated or or exacerbated problems with safety culture? I think it, it, it has, uh, like I said, really shed a light on um, the resilience of uh, people's culture and just the kind of culture that they have because, 
you had something that um, really impacted everybody. And it was around all of our safety and health, our safety and health at work. And so for companies that, you know, really kind of took a very compliance-based approach, a very, um, you know, we're kind of just doing this because we have to, um, you could see how that translated into their employees' um, commitment to the organization, how it translated into their productivity and um, being able to pivot um, because there were so many pivots that COVID mm -hmm. has required us to make. And so if your safety culture is one that is um, inclusive, that your employees feel empowered, uh, that leadership is committed to um, the safety and health of, of their employees and are um, not just saying it, but also showing it, then you had a different experience, I think, during the pandemic where your employees felt that they were cared about, they felt that they were listened to, and that in turn, um, you know, inspired them to be committed to the purpose of the organization and, you know, working with leadership to make sure that um, we were staying in business or that we were still producing how we could or providing ideas even um, to, to keep us in business and to, to keep us innovative around how we reacted to and responded to the challenges that COVID faced. So I think that, you know, organizations um, have an opportunity to take a step back and say, how did our how did our culture respond to um, the pandemic? How are we responding now? Um, what are the challenges or what are the opportunities that we have to improve our communication, our empowerment, our inclusiveness with our employees? So if you were a company that sort of, you know, did one of those sort of look backs and, and, and didn't like what you saw uh, during the past 18 months with your with your safety culture, what are some steps you can take to kind of improve things and, and get back on the right foot? Um, yeah, I think some steps to take is really, you know, um, being very self-reflective. That's one of the first steps and being accepting of where those opportunities are as opposed to um, potentially, you know, being defensive or trying to find, you know, reasons why those weren't the case. Um, so really being self-reflective and, and identifying, okay, what were those opportunities? You know, speaking with your leadership team, your line supervisors or managers and finding out what were some of the challenges? You know, what were some of the things that um, employees were communicating or, um, you know, not communicating that could have helped our situation? And then finding the, you know, again, you know, when we talk about safety and risk control, we, we kind of use some some similar verbiage. So looking at those root causes, you know, what are those root causes? What are the things that um, nobody's thought about until it became an issue? And then let's put up a plan for that. Let's think about um, our business continuity. Let's think about, um, you know, those kinds of situations that in the past, and, you know, I've gotten the clients before in the past and we'll talk about, you know, different things. And they're like, oh, that'll never happen. Mm -hmm. You know, let's think about those kinds of things that we said that'll never happen. Um, and, and if they did happen, how did we respond? How agile were we in pivoting and really kind of create those plans? Um, the other thing I would say is, you know, and this is maybe a shameless plug, but <laughs> listen to your risk control uh, folks. Yeah, <laughs> listen yeah. to your safety and health 
uh, professionals that are within your organization. Give them a seat at the table. You know, include safety and health in your decisions around your operations. If you have a board, have someone who has the specialty and expertise in risk management and safety and health on your board to guide these directions that are happening because the things that we do deeply impact an organization's um, ability to continue to function, um, the personnel and the protection of your property. And all of those things are part of who we are. So bring us to the table, ask us our thoughts, implement you know, the things that we're prescribing uh, so that we can reduce the impact of um, you know, these kinds of events or, or you know, similar uh, situations in the future. But um, that's one of the key things I will say. Um, do you often see uh, EHS folks not being part of that process? I do, I do. And I think that's, that's getting better. And those are some of the things that um, have improved since uh, the pandemic is that, you know, people kind of have um, more awareness of the things that we do each and every day in order to help um, these organizations. So I think that, you know, this gave a lot of us a voice um, and potentially a seat and even more of a seat um, because now it's kind of like, hey, um, you know, perhaps we should perhaps we should listen to uh, the things that the safety and health person or the loss control or the risk management person is saying, you know, what programs and structures should we have in place? You know, um, let's do more of those kinds of um planning uh, sessions and really um, put credence to some of the things that um, we may not think uh, we need, but actually are proactive in nature. Um, I think having that shift from being very reactive to being proactive and a lot of risk control um, and risk management professionals are wired that way to be proactive, to think about the things that um, are potentially going to happen and what our plan is for it. So, yeah. Did the um, the pandemic in a way force companies to really start paying attention to this? Because whereas maybe in the past they paid lip service to it, but now, you know, they really had to do something because it was such a crisis situation going on. Um, yes, I think so. But and I want to, you know, still give credit to there's there's so many organizations out there who have always prioritized safety, mm -hmm. who've always um, you know, really tried their best uh, to ensure that um, their employees were um, able to go home at night to their families and, you know, that they were being um, considerate of all of the things that might impact uh, their ability to do their work. So um, I think, you know, that's, that's something I definitely want to say. Um, I think that the organizations that may not have been um, as robust in thinking about their safety and risk control programs. I think that, um, you know, they, they were able to realize the, the reasoning behind some of those things. They were able to realize, you know, that you do need a risk control professional or safety professional to um, steer some of these things, to make some of these calls, um, to provide their insight and their input. Um, you have organizations where, I mean, of all sizes, small businesses to, um, you know, national accounts, where you have, um, you know, folks that are wearing multiple hats. And when things pile up in that way, 
um, they need that support. And so um, I think that the pandemic really allowed folks to realize, you know, what resources do I need? And um, am I utilizing the resources that I have to, you know, the best of my ability? Yeah. And from a leadership standpoint, um, you know, how are they, you know, how should they really kind of, I know it's sort of a, you know, leadership from the top down, but like when you're kind of building that safety culture up, you know, uh, in addition to being inclusive of folks like EHS, you know, what are some other ways leadership should act to to really uh, optimize safety culture? Um, I think it's inclusive of everybody. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. Everybody's having a different experience throughout the organization. And so being able to listen to what everyone's experience is and being able to involve everyone as far as, you know, how does this impact you? Um, I think that's one of the key things to to start with is really thinking about everyone. And as, as soon as you exclude a group or you think, oh, this doesn't quite apply, ask yourself, well, why doesn't it or why wouldn't it? And, and you know, your answers for that may be legitimate, but it's the stopping yourself to make sure that you check. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that uh, that's one of the first steps is being inclusive of everyone. And um, it is from the top down, but it's also, you know, starts at that ground level. It's about empowering your employees. And so empowering your employees means uh, trust and that trust in really communicating to them what your goals are, what, what you're hoping to accomplish so that they have a clear understanding of that and then they can work with you on the how can we accomplish this together. So it's the inclusiveness of everybody as far as understanding their experience and how these um, these challenges might impact them from a safety culture standpoint or from a safety and health standpoint. And then looking at what can I do to empower you or enable you to be able to do what you need to do um, that's in alignment with the goals that we're trying to accomplish. And I think that goes a long way to strengthening people's cultures um, from a resiliency standpoint and really showing that empathy to their experience and allowing them to be able to feel like they can make a difference and they can impact the way that things are going and they can have a voice in the way that things are going. Um, I think those are key components to building your safety culture. And sort of speaking to having everybody having a voice, how important is it to um, build a sense of, I guess, comfort that uh, and trust that employees can report, feel comfortable enough to report safety incidents that when they see them? I mean, I think that's super important because that's, that's how they can express, um, you know, their, their views and that they can do that. But I think along with that is the ability to be able to report that and feeling the comfort of it, um, but also the follow-up. What you do in response to that report is going to be what determines how that, you know, that that's going to flow, how that, you know, process is, how that trust is built. If I feel comfortable enough to come and tell you about something um, that I think might be unsafe or that, you know, I would like you to consider. However, 
nothing is done or said in response, even if, and I know a lot of employees, even if it's just having an understanding of, you know, why this decision is made or how this impacts us, um, you know, just having any sort of feedback on that or any actions taken in regards to it, um, I think that goes a long way into building trust so that people feel like I can report things that I feel that might be unsafe. And those reports are taken seriously with Mm -hmm. consideration and I'm provided with feedback as to the direction of that. And everybody knows that not everything's going to go their way, but it's important to be able to close the loop Um, And I think that's what builds a sense of community, a sense of trust, a sense of understanding and knowing that, um, you know, your organization cares. Yeah, I mean, and obviously uh, you want to be you want to feel like you're being taken seriously uh, if you're reporting something, because, you know, if you feel like it's pointless, then you're probably not going to report something in the future. Right. And and then those become missed opportunities um, for an organization to identify potential things that um, could happen. So having having that in place um, as far as a, a mechanism for people to report things, um, a feedback loop on that and letting them know that, you know, it's been received, um, thanking them for taking the time to do so in the first place and acknowledging that um, I think is also important. And once that happens, I think people start to realize that, you know, um, I can let them know if things are happening. And and if those are things that they can do something about, um, it reinforces your safety culture that, you know, this is a priority for us. And, you know, we are going to um, take things seriously. Is it also a challenge for some companies anyways to sort of overcome that fear of, Uh, punishment for, you know, or repercussions for reporting incidents? Yeah, I think, I think it is, but, you know, it's also the responsibility of that organization to, you know, let their employees know that that's, that's not the case and be able to enforce that at a, you know, supervisory level or wherever, um, wherever that level is uh, so that, you know, those managers or supervisors who are receiving it understand that this is actually valued by the organization. So that's where leadership can really also make that difference, because sometimes you might have folks thinking that, you know, they're protecting the organization in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 while the intention, you know, they may be well-intentioned, it's important for leadership to really be clear about um, what what those standards are. And so, um, when that I think is communicated at that level, then again, your employees have that sense of, um, that sense of trust that, you know, if they do report something, it's going to be received, um, in a way that is coming from a positive intent, um, versus, you know, something that could be retaliatory. Right. Almost a sense of empowerment that they can, you know, take a bigger, bigger role in the, in the culture of the company. Exactly. And, 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 you know, there's, I, I always like the fact that if, if someone is reporting something, um, you know, asking them, what would you do about it? You know, mm-hmm. because you also want, that's the empowerment. You also don't want a, a situation where it's kind of like, well, we just throw all our, all our issues in one direction <laughs> and, and wait for someone to do something about it. 
um, I think having that dialogue back and forth is, um, is again, something that uh, enhances your safety culture because then it's your opinion matters as well. How would you solve this problem? And there are so many um, innovative ideas that come from unexpected places just because someone asked the question. So, you know, having something that says, you know, yes, it's, you know, your, your input is welcome, you know, report any unsafe or, um, you know, un un unsafe situations or behaviors. And, you know, we also would appreciate your feedback on how we should address it. And, you know, there might be some, some nuggets in there that organizations can say, huh, never really thought about that. Let's mm -hmm. see if that works, you know? So that's part of it. Um, so obviously we're at a pretty pivotal point, um, you know, given the, the pandemic and sort of how we're coming out of it. Or, um, but like, what do you see safety culture looking like down the road in the future? Um, I see, hopefully, <laughs> idealistically, <laughs> um, I see safety culture looking more um, more more empathetic and more proactive. I think that's that would that's the key. Is that you know this situation has been something that has let us know that the things that we may not think could happen um, might happen, will mm -hmm. happen. And so we need to have a plan and we need to ensure that everybody's on board or that everybody um, you know, has an ability to contribute to that plan. And, and that we need to also be very agile. We need to be able to pivot. We need to be able to anticipate um, our needs. Um, and so I, I would hope to see safety cultures um, continuing to be more proactive and um, more innovative and more forward thinking and more inclusive. Um, because I think that's how we can um, prepare ourselves to be more resilient. Uh, so, you know, taking a more, um, a less, I should say, taking a less, um, a less compliance-based approach and a more, um, what's, what's the best practice for our organization, for our employees? Um, what is our high level of standard when it comes to safety? I've seen some um, stellar safety programs out there uh, where there is organization to it, there's efficiency to it, there's inclusiveness to it, um, and and there's not a a wait and see situation. Um, you know, it's about what can we do to continuously improve, and I think that you know taking that mindset um, will help keep organizations um, adaptable to some of the challenges that um, we continue to face every day. All right. Well, I like that optimistic take. Uh, thank, thank you so much, Marianne. You're so welcome. I really appreciate joining you, Jay. Thanks for having me. All right. That wraps up episode 83 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen on demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time. Thank you.